morning. So just a point of clarification, I won't be giving a sermon. Um, I'm not an ordained pastor. I come from the IT field, which I'll get into here in a little bit. Um, But let's open with a word of prayer. Father, thank you for First English Lutheran Church, for their heart for missions and the gospel. Uh, Please bless our time together uh, and give me the words to speak that you would have me speak, uh, that your work in the world would be made known. Amen. All right. Um, So how many of you have Netflix? A good amount? Know what Netflix is, perhaps? Okay. So imagine this. You're watching the latest episode of your favorite TV show on Netflix, and it's getting good. It's getting to the climax of the episode. And uh, it's, the story's unfolding. You're, you've been looking forward to this. It's been a couple months since uh, the last episode was available. And then you see this. Next slide, please. Might be faint to see, but can you see the spinning circle? Yes, so um, you're right in the middle of the episode and it stops abruptly on you, right? How does that make you feel? Disappointed? Yeah, a little frustrated. You're, you planned your whole night around this um, and now it's, now it's kibosh. So it's a, it's a bummer. Um, what kind of an impact does this have on your life? Big impact, small impact. It's, it's pretty small, right? You can come back later and watch the episode. Not a huge deal. Now imagine with me that you're a student who's using Zoom or some, some sort of video conferencing software to, to attend an online class so that you can learn more about the gospel, so that you can, in turn, be formed as a pastor and preach this good word. Now what kind of an impact does this have when you have a a loading screen? It's a much bigger impact, right? You might be missing out on some important conversation from uh, the lecturer, any questions that your fellow students are asking. So yeah, this is a big impact. So my name is Cody Mock. I'm a computer nerd by choice and an IT professional uh, by trade, and it brings me great joy to um, help people utilize technology so that it fades into the background. And uh, the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod has appointed me to Luther Academy, which is in Riga, Latvia, to do exactly this. I'll be coming alongside the theological educators that are already doing work there uh, to assist with the technology uh, so that they can focus on what they do best, teaching and preaching um, the Word of God, the Gospel. So what's going on now and uh, why is it important? Um, Let's go next slide. Here, real quick, since my family's not here and you won't be able to meet them, um, my wife, Aurelie, and my two kids, I've got, we have Ava on the right, 
and Mariah on the left there. They're five and almost three. Um, so that's my family. Hope we can meet, have, bring them another time. Um, go ahead, next slide. So what's going on now? What's the work being done and why is it important? I kind of touched on this already with the example of a student uh, attending a class online. Um, so right now, Luther Academy is educating students um, online um, and they need help smoothing out the technology pieces. Um, th and this technology is really important, right? Because these, this is the only way that these students can get the material and the content that um, already exists within Luther Academy, but they're not able to go to Luther Academy, which again is in Latvia. So we have, um, students have different reasons for why uh, this, they might not be able to attend the seminary. They might be the main breadwinner for their families, so they can't up and leave uh, and move. Uh, there might not be any other seminaries available in their country as well, um, so this is their, their best choice. Or it could be that their government doesn't allow them to attend a Christian seminary. So let's take a step back. How did Luther Academy get involved in remote education? And feel free to shout out a your answer. Don't be shy. I'll give you a hint. It started a couple years ago. They started doing this a couple years ago. There was a big world event that happened. Kind of shut stuff down. COVID. Yes. I mean, we're probably tired of hearing about it, right? We just want to go back to life as normal. We talk, but it, it keeps coming up in conversation. Um, so the pandemic happened. Um, and this program that they were going to offer was first going, going to be um, offered at the seminary, but they quickly pivoted so that it would be available online, um, just like everybody else when, when the pandemic happened. Uh, so though it wasn't the initial intention it, of the seminary, it turned out to be very... Uh, very successful with over 40 students uh, enrolling. Um, they were expecting just a handful. Um, so this was a huge, um, a, a hugely successful. Next slide, please. Here you can see one of the theological educators, uh, Pastor uh, Court Wright, uh, with his laptop in front of him. Um, and all those little blocks there are students that are attending this, uh, this conversation online so that they can receive the education remotely. Um, so the, some of these students were connecting from, the Euro from Europe, the Middle East, and then down into Africa. So th three, big, three big areas. Uh, next slide, please. So kind of a visual of what was happening. Uh, the students were using the internet um, and I'm a computer guy, so I love talking about this. This is like the internet at its best when you have students from around the world connecting to each other, to theological educators that are both in Latvia, Europe, and the United States. So the internet makes all this, brings all this together uh, to make it happen so that the gospel can be heard and preached. All right. So now that the program's up and running, the seminary, seeing that it's been successful, they want to take what they've, uh, 
been able to offer and, and form it up. Um, it was put together quickly because of the pandemic. A lot of it has been done by the theological educators. They're not IT people, um, but they've done a really good job. But there's still some work to do to, to make the delivery of the content better and more reliable, especially since a lot of these students are connecting from different places in the world with different uh, reliability of their internet connection and whatnot. So an analogy, and next slide please, of what the seminary has done is created an MVP. And I'm from the software development side of things, and so we have a, a, this acronym. Uh, like the Lutheran Church, we love our acronyms in, in IT. So MVP, anyone in software development or know what MVP stands for? No? Um, it's not most valuable player. <laughs> Good guess. Uh, it stands for a minimum viable product, and that's where, uh, um, in the business world, what you do is you create the smallest piece of a product that you can and put it into the market to see if it's successful or not. And then you gather a bunch of feedback and then develop that into a, a more full-featured product. Um, like on the left there, if you go back one slide, the, the, you know, the hamburger now has the, all the condiments on it after you've received the feedback. So that's what the seminary has basically done. They've received, a, they've, they've put this out there, uh, this online program, it's been successful. They've received feedback where they need help with the IT, and uh, we'll be able to, I'll be able to come alongside them to bolster that up. Uh, another, yeah, go ahead, next slide. Another important part of this online program are conferences, and this is where uh, um, the conferences help fill in the gaps of the online program, um, where they can come together, these students and also pastors that are taking these classes online can come together and be together. Um, one, to dig into God's Word and be uh, encouraged with it, uh, and further their education and understanding of it. This is good things for, for your pastor, right? You want your pastor to, to continue to grow in his knowledge of the Word. Uh, next slide, please. Another important thing is to be together uh, and mutually edify one another. Um, these, uh, these students and pastors are, are primarily isolated in their countries. Um, they don't have other pastors to rub shoulders with. So being able to come together and encourage each other is really important. And we can relate to this, right? During the pandemic, different, uh, we weren't able to attend churches regularly, perhaps, or see our families as much, or our friends, or go to school. Um, so yeah, we can empathize with this. And this is their daily life. So they don't have that community. So being able to come to these conferences is huge. Uh, next slide, please. Another... Uh, important thing of these conferences is that they can worship together, which is huge, right? Uh, this is really important for us to be able to do and is really the end goal of having the gospel preached is that people can come into the church and receive word and sacrament ministry. So why me? Why a guy from Iowa? You can go ahead, next slide. Uh, what does a guy, a tech, a tech guy from Iowa have to do with all this? And why, with it being technology, can't I just do it from my home? Um, these, uh, and then why up, uproot my family and move uh, to a foreign land? These are great questions. Um, so 
the nature of the work, no, go ahead, next slide. The nature of the work falls in the realm of technology. Um, and this is what we affectionately call a rat's nest in IT. Um, this stuff gets me really excited. Um, as I said, I'm a computer nerd. I love seeing all the colors of the cables and the equipment and how everything connects uh, to the different pieces of equipment and how the communication um, flows. Um, next slide, please. So what I'll be doing is changing it from that rat's nest. I'll be helping straighten things out. Not that the theological educators have done a bad job, like I said, but there's some work to be done to straighten things out to make sure that things run more smoothly. Um, so I have a degree in information technology with 12 years of experience, um, mostly supporting education, most recently the K-12 school district down in Pella. Um, so I've, I've, got, I've got a lot of experience and exposure to varying pieces of technology over the years, uh, which helps me, uh, which I, I, I hope to bring and I'm excited to bring to for that experience to further the message of the gospel. Um, beyond the technology, uh, next slide, please. Uh, my... Uh, my wife and I have a heart for international missions. My wife grew up as a missionary kid. She uh, spent most of her childhood in West Africa, in Senegal and Guinea. Um, she moved around a lot, over 20 times. And uh, her mom is French, so my wife is half French. She speaks French. Um, so this is just kind of who she is. Uh, she has a heart for internationals. She is one, basically. So, um, yeah, it's in her DNA. For myself, um, I was exposed to missions when I was at Iowa State University. Um, I heard about the great need of the gospel in Japan. Um, so I went there uh, on a summer trip, spent, uh, sp spent the summer there, and then decided when I came back that that's what I wanted to do after I graduated from college. So after graduating from college to get some more experience, I moved then to Kearney, Nebraska. Um, anyone been to Kearney, Nebraska? Yeah, beautiful little city out, out in the central Nebraska. Um, so I went out there to help my friend with the campus ministry there. Uh, and I had a job to, to offset the cost of living, um, but helping him on the side. Um, and I got involved in an international Bible study while I was there. And that's also where my wife was attending uh, this Bible study. Um, but I had my eyes set on going to Japan, mind you. So I, I was focused on that and didn't talk to her for an entire year. But my job uh, was uh, a little, I was going through a rough patch with my job. So I was, and I knew she worked at a company that had an opening. So I was like, ah, I should just ask her about this, this company. It's a really impersonal question, right? Uh, it won't lead to anything. Obviously, that's not the, the, the whole story. Um, so, um, learned that she had a huge heart for missions, and we got to talking, and eventually we got married and now have two kids. So, we, we continued to have, um, after getting married we had, and having kids, we continued to have a heart for missions, um, but having kids brought up more questions about, you know, how do you move overseas with kids? As a single person or as a married couple, it's a little bit easier, right? Kids is a whole other factor. Um, so we had a, a missionary come to our church 
in uh, Oskaloosa, and I asked him these questions about, um, yeah, how, how, did, has, how has being a missionary impacted your kids? And he said that it was the best thing for his kids that he could imagine. And I was kind of blown away by, by that answer. Um, and so we talked about that, and it made, everything made a lot of sense, so we eventually applied. And uh, now here we are uh, talking to you guys. On, so the role has reversed. So we are so excited uh, to be a part of God's work in Latvia. Um, and uh, as we prepare to go, I wanted to share a verse with you. Um, next slide, please that both my wife Aurelie and I have identified that's been a part of our lives over the past couple of years. Um, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And so I think this ties in really, really well with the work that Luther Academy, the seminary there in, in Riga, Latvia, is doing. Um, they're raising, their, their goal for these online classes and this online program is to raise up pastors and have these pastors start Lutheran churches in, in, their, in their countries. Uh, some of these countries that we can't go into as missionaries. Um, it's also encouragement for us today um, as we prepare to go. Um, and then I know it will be an encouragement for us for those hard days while we're on the field and it will remind us of the important work that God is doing uh, through, through us. So, why Latvia specifically? Um, next slide, please. So here's a picture uh, taken from across the river. In, uh, there's a river that runs through Riga. Uh, Riga is the capital of, of Latvia. Um, and you can see at least four, I count four, beautiful church Christian uh, spires, right? So there's definitely Christianity here, right? But there's still a great need for the gospel. Next slide, please. So I can't tell if you can make it out quite, but that's the inside of a church that has just fallen to disrepair. So the Latvia was under Soviet control, um, uh, at, during World War II and then through 1991 when uh, Latvia then gained their independence. And under Soviet control brought in communism and with communism uh, there's no religion. It's atheistic. So there was uh, a, gener a generation, in it, within a generation Christianity was, was pretty much just wiped away. There was no Christian teaching. The churches fell to disrepair. I've seen pictures also of like a skate park inside of a church, uh, if you can imagine that. Um, so yeah, um, it's been, there's been a, a huge loss of their deep, deep um, um, history of being a Christian nation. Um, Latvia was one of the first uh, countries to embrace the Reformation. Uh, they did that, they did that uh, 500 years ago uh, in 1522. And though many Latvians still will identify as, as Christian, they don't know what that means. Um, so that's why, uh, just a huge reason of why we get to go and uh, live among these people, uh, why it's important. Um, next slide, please. So we have a team already there in Riga. So like I said, I'll be coming alongside some of these theological educators 
So the, the top three, uh, we've, we've uh, got the, the Rajex, the Lawsons, and uh, the Cundiffs. They're in Riga, so we'll be um, coming alongside them to support them uh, with their technology, and then also just being able to be there um, as another English-speaking family. So we're looking forward to that. So those are some of the faces uh, that, that we will uh, get to know better. And then some of our remote teachers that uh, we still have teachers teaching remotely, um, Bombero, uh, the, the Courtwrights, and um, Teves. These uh, uh, teachers uh, are in the United States and in Europe, so they're part of the Luther Academy piece where they can teach, remote, teach remotely and then also come to those conferences. Um, Go ahead, next slide, thank you. Um, so where is Latvia? Um, this is a common question, so don't feel bad if, if you, uh, if you uh, doesn't ring a bell. Um, so as, with it being under Soviet control for so long and part of the Soviet Union, um, it kind of has gone unnoticed since their independence. It's in, uh, as you can see there, it's in Northeast uh, Europe. Um, it's one of the three Baltic states uh, between Estonia and Lithuania. Um, go ahead, next slide. So here's a close-up um, with Riga being in the center there, right on the Baltic Sea. Uh, and uh, Russia does border to uh, the east. They are, uh, Latvia is about the size of West Virginia uh, with a population of about 1.8 million people. Uh, with 64% identifying as Christian and 35% as no religion. So those are the top two, uh, which account for most of the religious makeup of the country. Uh, the official language is Latvian, which we will be uh, trying to learn as hard as we can once we get there. Um, and with it being further north, uh, you can see it's up uh, closer to Finland there. Um, it gets a little bit cooler. Uh, so. Maybe weather like today will be a little bit more no of the norm. Um, and there's a wide range of sunlight that we'll have to get used to. If any of you have been up north in Canada or Alaska, you'll know that the summers there's a lot of sunlight, and the winters there's not as much sunlight. So that's a little bit about, about Latvia uh, itself. Um, so I remember, or I re um, invite you to, re to remember back to that loading screen. So my job is to make sure that the show keeps going, right? So that the gospel can be preached and Lutheran churches can be planted. Um, and this work, uh, next slide, please. Oh, go ahead. There's a, I'm sorry, there's a picture, a sky view of, of Riga and uh, also a picture of the entrance of, of Luther Academy um, it's, it's, uh, Luther Academy is through that arch doorway and around the corner. Um, I'm hoping to get a better picture here in the future. All right, next slide. Um, so the work that we're doing, the work that's already being done, can't be done, of course, um, or, or isn't done in a vacuum. Um, so we, I invite you to uh, pray for us. And when you see a loading screen, pray for us. Um, we... Uh, We'd love to keep in touch with you. 
Um, so we have a newsletter sign up that's over in the opportunity corner. If you'd like to sign up for that, um, we'll send a newsletter once a month uh, with, with what, uh, what the work is, looks, looks like. Uh, we also have uh, uh, prayer cards. Next slide, please. Um, and on those, those prayer cards, uh, we have more information about how you can partner, partner with us. Um, we also have uh, some really good contacts. So the, the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod has mission advancement, so if you're interested in getting more involved in missions, they're a great resource to get in contact with, and also Mission Central. I believe Gary has been here about a year ago. Um, he's a great resource to get involved uh, or to, to ask for getting involved in missions. Um, so yeah, I hope you... Uh, um, oh, and we'll be, I'll be here between services in the back if you guys would like to ask more questions. Um, I know I just brushed on a couple different topics, so please uh, feel free to ask questions, um, and uh, be, I'd be happy to answer them. Um, so I hope you learned a little bit about the work that God is doing in Latvia, a little bit about Latvia itself. Um, and uh, yeah, can we close with prayer? Uh, Father, thank you that you use us in our various gifts and vocations to spread the gospel here in Iowa and to the ends of the earth. Amen.